So shifting gears, um, you know, you mentioned earlier the work that you've been doing on uh, the myth and propaganda of black buying power. Um, so let's start with just laying out the general thesis of, of that of that work. I mean, the shortest version is is that black people don't have any money and and uh, are worse are, are are devolving materially. And there has been a long time, and I'm even learning more about it just recently. Uh, a very persistent myth around uh, um, the money that black people earn collectively and what can be done with that. And buying powers emerge as this popular mythology that, that, that again, allows for this, this, this narrative to be developed that if black people just had financial literacy, if black people just were, were more responsible, there's plenty of room to be made and money to be made in this capitalist economy. And that's just flat out nonsense. Um, but it's a very, very powerful myth. It's very effective. It's very well distributed. Um, uh, and very few people look into it. Uh, so I've, 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 I'm not proud, but I really am, I think, the only person to really ever look into this and say, in, 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 in this sort of sustained way uh, and to try to call it out. And um, it's not easy. It's mm-hmm. not easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like in, in hearing some people's reaction to the word, and, you know, because we actually, I know Lawrence and I did... Um, it was you, and I think it was Dylan Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um, we did something a couple of years ago when it first right. came out. Um, and one of the things that I remember saying to you was is that I feel like some people hear the argument, and where they stop at, they I think people hear what they think they hear you saying is being engaged in collective, um, black collective enterprise being inherently problematic, right? Whereas... I feel like I hear you making what I call a trade-off argument in the sense that overemphasis on black enterprise trades off with the importance of black political struggle mm. that is that is actually necessary in changing the balance of power, you know, in this larger society. Um, how, how, how would you respond to that? So... I mean, in part, I agree with you, but but I but I think it has to be made. It has to be made emphatically clear: there is no material or economic solution for the condition Black people face in collective economics of any kind. There's no solution to it. So, so cooperatives, Black capitalist endeavors, buy Black, bank Black, all of that. Whatever people think of it, whatever my opinion of it is, is irrelevant. Objectively, it, it cannot close. It cannot solve the. It cannot close gaps. It cannot solve the problem. It is not a solution. Does it mean it is of no value? No. So can are there are there? If people are politically clear about the situation and what their endeavor or effort is meant or capable of doing, a lot of the collective work that people talk about could be effective to a certain extent. The problem I have is that a lot of people who really just want their business to do well project this as a solution for the collective when what they really mean is I just want your money. Now for black people, the history is pretty clear when, when black people go to other black people and say, give me your money and not them, 
that is a successful marketing tool for certain people at certain times and certain business lanes. Um, and it has been proven effective. So we have the, the famous examples of Madam C.J. Walker. We get these other ones. You know, we have, and then we have the handful of people that we hear about today. But the reality is the collective have continuously gotten worse. So I'll stop here, at least for now, and say this. Like, 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 like my man Diedrich Muhammad and I have gone over a couple of times now. The National Bureau of Economic Research produced a study recently that um, basically said the, the best black people could hope for is a three-to-one ratio with white folks in terms of wealth. And that is the best-case scenario if you go back to post-enslavement, uh, uh, official enslavement, and take away everything black people have experienced in terms of redlining, Jim Crow, unfavorable bank practices. If you take away all of that, just because of the unequal starting point, the best we could expect is three to one. The reality is it's, it's closer that it's more like six to one because all of that did happen. So the point is, in addition to this other stat I got from my work with Diedrich and his crew, is, is that from, from 1992 to 2012, black people created more than 2 million businesses, and their capture of the national revenue, sales revenue, went down from 1% to 0.03%. So my point is, and we can go through some of the, the reasons for that, but the, my point is, this is not an issue of black financial literacy, black collective this, black supporting that, black this, black. It is, not, it is an issue of the fundamental relationship black people have to this country, and that is into the economy. And that is something that has to be come to terms with, and there's a lot of fraudulent punditry, a lot of bad analysis, a lot of confusion out there. Um, so I don't mean to suggest that I have the singular answer. I'm just same, same, I'm, I just mean to suggest that when it comes to this one particular myth, we got to get past it if we're going to get to the actual solutions and the actual answers. So, mm-hmm. so that's that. There is that's that. Mm-hmm. That's that. Mm-hmm. There's a piece that um, we actually haven't put out yet. I think I shared with you a while ago, um, where we talk about the mechanics of of wealth redistribution. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you know we say is that. The vehicles necessary to move resources into the hands of, you know, working class black people, where, you know, institutions can control by working class black folks. We need institutional containers, right, in order to do so, right, that have democratic decision making where, again, it's working class black folks, not your traditional boards of directors mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And a part of why for me... I've taken particular interest in kind of hashing out, you know, this argument to folks who are engaged with our work is because I think that there are some people. I was actually on a panel last week, um, last weekend. Um, It is it's a wealth summit and it's put on by a brother that, you know, does a bunch of, um, you know, real estate, you know, bunch of like black business stuff. And. My experience has been that because of the lack of political literacy amongst our community, I think I think a lot of the people that you're describing as hustling our community, there's certainly those. I feel like there are a lot of folks in our community who just don't have that the political literacy and are seeking it out. And so one of the things that I know we try to encourage is 
those black formations that are looking to try to empower working class black communities to be alternatives to mainstream institutions that are engaged in the distribution of these resources, we need to support and develop those, even when at times, ideologically, we're not completely aligned. Because I know some of the folks that I was on the panel with, and, the, and I have to give the brother who invited me, it's a brother named Sharif Small, I have to give him a, a lot of credit in including me in that. Because typically that's a room where everyone's just talking about how we're going to get money, mm-hmm. right? And I was able to be able to, along with a couple of other folks on the panel, be able to talk about the importance of collect, like black people building collective political power and making sure that the masses of our community actually benefit. And that, you know, there are a few times when yet stuff come up like, you know, the black family needs to, you know, and I had to jump in and say, it's easy to pick on working class black people. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 harder but more relevant to to pick on some of the black middle class that have benefited, have left the community, will point the finger. So I got to give a brother a lot of credit for even allowing that discussion to happen in those spaces. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so so a part of, for me, what I want to make sure is, because I think the argument at its at its core is that there's no substitute for political organizing. And that I think there are some people that avoid that because they they benefit from the current arrangement. I think there's some people who avoid it because it's, a, in some ways, kind of a traumatizing reality. Mm-hmm. You know, that 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 actually you got to seize power, that there's no version of this society as it is that's going to be equitable, you know, for black people. Um, So do you I mean, so do you get the sense that some of the reactions that people have had to it come from what I would call just a misunderstanding of that fundamental point? That Because I find what you're saying that what you what you're what you're saying is there's no replacement for politics and political organization. So so it's kind of like whether it's the the white folks who dominate the national political narrative or whether it's a lot of, I, I think, um, misguided black folks at the other end of the economic political spectrum. A lot of people keep arguing that poor black people need to create wealth in ways that they themselves have not created it. So white people at the top did not create wealth by starting a small business and saving their money and marshalling their buying. That's not how wealth is created. At the other end, a lot of the black spokespeople who are promoting whatever version of black capitalism to their audiences that they are, they didn't make their money that way either. Most of them either made money, most of them are making money by selling the idea of these courses to their unwitting black audiences. It's not like they went out there and invested and did real estate and made all this money and now they're coming back to share the wisdom with the, after creating all this wealth with their audiences. Most of them, and including some celebrities like Steve Harvey, you didn't make your money investing and doing small, you made your money doing co- comedy and hosting every, apparently every television show out there. Um, but then you come in front of poor black people and tell them, oh, no, you could do you could, to get where I'm at. You got to do this. Meanwhile, while also not explaining that you've been paid to tell people that. And then the people who are hosting him, they didn't make their money investing and doing real estate. They made their money having platforms where they're selling themselves and classes on financial literacy. It's the same way when I was debating people. Around, around crypto and blockchain. They're setting up black 
enterprises to, to for crypto and black that you can't even sign up for and pay for with crypto. So you're saying so you're even, you're even you're you want me to invest in crypto and pay you to learn how to do it, but I can't use crypto to do it. I have to pay you in cash. Anyway, so so what I'm saying is is that that that's why I think it's 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 safer. It's not a it's not an all encompassing, but it's safer in terms of analysis and avoiding hustlers to say I'm not paying anyone to learn how to make money. I'm going to politically organize with people in my community who are doing this work to figure out how every bit of the money that this society makes, we get our fair share of because we've created it. We've already done it. So it's just like when I hear Daruba bin Wahad tell us that we're having we're fighting now today battles that we won 50 years ago. I feel the kind of the same way about that in this context that that. I don't I almost I, I know we have to, but I don't want to argue with anybody about what's the best way to get rich. I want to I want to build with you so that we don't have to because we've already created the wealth. We've already created it. And when you say we've already just for the listeners, we already created it. The, the, the GD, so when I talk about gross domestic product, GDP, which is often wildly misreported in the con conversations about buying power and black capital, GDP is a measurement of the wealth created by, by all of the goods and services spent in a, in a, in a year in a, in a society, which is really it means it's a marker of the wealth created for those who own the economy. So in the United States, it's even gone up recently. I think it's somewhere around 22 to 25 trillion dollars now a year is being created in gross domestic product, meaning after everybody buys their coffees and then goes to the movies and pays their taxes and buys their microphones. And, and every time you click on a website and it generates money from the ads just from you clicking on the website, you're creating we're creating it. When I pay a bill, when you pay your rent, when we pay a mortgage, when you whatever we're doing. The person who owns the pizzeria is 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 equally participating in the creation of the wealth from pizza as the person who comes in and buys the pizza. They're both participating in the creation of wealth. Why should all of that or overwhelmingly all of that go to only the people that own that pizzeria? Not the people who work there, not the people who shop there, not the people who live around there that provide the societal space for it to exist, not the people who live other parts of the country who provide a country for this place to exist and pay, pay taxes, who provide the whole, who provide the schooling and the health care for the people that grew up to own the pizzeria and work in it. You know, we've all done this. So instead of saying there's 20 plus trillion dollars and let's look how all of us can eat, we're, caught, we're taught to say no. Davon, pay me so I can teach you how to invest your handful of dollars in this or that to make money that I've made, which I've really only made by having you and others pay me to do it. Or any, any other version. Why are we having those arguments? And, and then, and by the way, that way I also think it would be better. It, it, it would help us to understand how this economy works. How is wealth really created? Um, and by the way, that goes back to what I was saying a minute ago about the, the, the post-pandemic propaganda uptick is that when people started to realize, wait a minute, they could create money out of nothing and just give it to each other. We could do it temporarily. We could do it permanently. We could we could. So wait a minute. If, if you could just pay me to stay home for for a couple months. 
and use money that you largely created with out of nothing. You don't even literally make money anymore. It's all digital at this point. Why then can't we just re- repurpose some of that money so I never have to go back to work? Or I can go back to work at a higher pay. Or I could go back to work at maybe half the amount of hours for the same amount, amount of pay. In other words, there's so many different things that could be happening. Instead, we're told to focus on Davon compete with Jared, Jared compete with Lawrence, Lawrence compete with, with Ad, like compete with everybody uh, and, uh, and create your little pocket of wealth. And in so doing, you'll be helping the collective, which is madness. It's just madness. So anyway, I, 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 I don't know if I, I feel like I went astray, but that's, that's, that's in part what I'm talking about. The, that, that, so the piece around politics... Real quick, real quick. We're we're the U.S. economy is at least seventy percent consumer based, meaning that that the wealth is in this society is not made from because this country is producing cars and couches and tables. It's made from people uh, buying services and paying for the products that are made in other parts of the world. Um, in other words, from consumption. And all I'm really saying is what my argument with buying power is, is encouraging a focus on is respect the consumer. Let's stop chastising the consumer for spending so much on a latte or buying this much on rims and spending this much on hair and spending this much on any something else. If they don't do that, then those businesses and the people who work in those businesses collapse. Your consumption is doing a service. You're helping someone have a job. You're creating wealth for somebody else over here. You're doing this for the, you're you're we're, you're creating a service. You're driving someone's food to them. You're driving them to the airport. You're 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 that's creating wealth. Why should all of it only go to the top? So the drivers who are driving these these rideshare things are working all day and night, risking their lives for nothing. Why? That's that's all I'm saying. So my favorite example is. I'm going to one of these big time sports. So I tell this story all the time. It's one of my favorite. And, I, and, I, and I'm buying a, a, what I remember is a, a wildly expensive soccer ball and some socks for my daughter. And the guy behind the counter says, do you want to donate a few extra dollars for cancer research? And I said, no. And he kind of gave me this look. And everybody's kind of, you know, like it's this uncomfortable. And I'm like, what, what, what are we talking about? This is a multi-billion dollar store owned by a multi-billionaire. My purchase of this overpriced soccer ball, I've done my duty. I've done my service to the country, to the world, to the economy. I've, I've done it. If, if, if we need cancer research for the country, slice off a portion that's going to this billionaire who has not stood here behind the register. He's not stood on this side and made the purchase. He didn't make the soccer ball. He didn't deliver the soccer ball to the store to be sold. He didn't put it on display for me to see it. He didn't do any of that. And he gets almost all of the money from this transaction. And yet you want me to give more? With the pretense that I'm helping a cancer patient and I'm supposed to feel guilty? No, you're tripping. And now we now we we have to have a we have to really reassociate re, re or reset our relationship to the economy and our understanding of how this thing works. I've already done my job. You behind the register, you've already done your job. The people who produce this moment already did their job. The wealth has been created. The problem is we don't have a political arrangement that says, "Oh no, one percent can't exist." So we're going to redistribute that. Now, 
maybe we don't need to ask Jared for an extra couple dollars for cancer research because we have an abundance of extra money because we have not created a pool of wealth for this one person and this one family to sit on having done nothing. That's, that's really what I'm trying to say. So I'm mm-hmm. like, we've already... And, and the beauty of my, my version of this is that it's, 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 it, if you want a bloodless revolution, this is it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really revolutionary in what I'm saying other than... Because we're not changing the economy. We're not going so far as to nationalize anything. We're not, I'm not even doing anything really radical. I'm just simply saying the wealth that is created from this ignoble capitalist system should just be better redistributed. Then we can get to another stage about how this wealth is really being created. That, mm-hmm. but, but it's like you don't even have to – I'm not even saying you got to pick up a gun. You got to go to – I'm not even saying you got to go to another meeting. Just tell whoever you're going to cast a vote for anyway – I'm not voting for you unless you're going to redistribute the GDP. That's the only talking point I want. I don't want to hear about abortion. I don't want to hear about nobody's rights. I don't want to hear about police. I don't want to hear about abolition. I don't want to hear about nothing. I want Where's the redistribution on your agenda? Because clearly you've been coming around forever saying, I'm going to deal with the police and I'm going to put more LGBTQ people here and I'm going to hire more black people. And we've already heard all that. You don't do it. So the only thing I'm looking for, if you want my vote, where are you on the GDP? <laughs> <laughs> so 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 the rap um yeah. uh because I want to drill down to the this piece around political organization mm-hmm. and 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 to talk a little bit I mentioned earlier some of the anxieties that I think people have about what it takes to engage in the political organization necessary to do the redistribution um again it's easier to just say we can buy our way out of it um Say more about what you say more about the fact that I that folks are avoiding that question, the issue of political organization. I mean, the, you've already, I think, answered it. I mean, it's it's look, I I have at another point in my life been more active in, in what I consider to be actual activism, grassroots organization. It is hard. What you all do on every day is very difficult. I mean, it's, it's much easier to teach a class, to do a podcast. Um, and to even write a book making this argument. It's very hard to make it, it's, it to, do the, to do the work of bringing people together off the record with nobody looking and sit down and say, we really have to work hard to better understand our reality and to figure out what to do about it. That's hard work. So, I, I mean, I get it. So from the perspective of those who are not looking at it from that side as an organizer and who are looking at it as, quote, unquote, regular citizens, working people, they, wait, you, you're telling me I can't just save my money and do better? You're telling me I can't just, you're telling me not, you're telling me supporting a black business I mean, I got to do more than that. It's like the black version of white liberals being told that they can't just go walk, you know, march with a sign for a day and then go to Starbucks. Like, that's not enough. Like, you can't just vote for Biden. I'm sorry. Like, if that's what you thought was going to be it, like, I'm sorry. Like, that's not it. It's hard. So I honestly don't know. I mean, I, I have, like, I get it. I'm doing the easy part. I'm making the argument, you know, it's easier. It's not easy. It's easier. But I don't know exactly how to get to that next part. I mean, I, I but that's the, but that is it. I mean, if people, I, I, I don't know. The, the, for me, I keep going back to the, the, the work around this mythology. It's that people do not fundamentally, have not been, have been 
intentionally kept from recognizing that the way capitalism, money, wealth uh, are defined and distributed is political. These are these are public policy choices that don't they're not they're not like they're not like natural. They're not divinely said to be that this is the only way it has to be. We we could do all kinds of things. I always think about that quote from Fanon where he talks about the job of the colonizers to destroy all the dreams among the colonized. Like we don't even think about new ways that we could be arranged as a society. We're, we're intentionally made to think all I can do is save my money, invest in a business, and, uh, um, and, and, and even as it fails over and over and over again, there's new messaging that brings people right back to it. So honestly, I don't know. It's not a good answer, but I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know, what, I don't, I don't know how to do that work. So all I, that's why I can only, you know, I'm, every chance I get, I can only say people, I have to encourage people to join organizations like yours and others. Join them and then figure it out. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, all I can get, you know, yeah, that's it. You, you just can't do it through saving your money saving your money and this circulating dollar nonsense. All this stuff is mythology. I mean, again, the Black Wall Street myth is so prevalent, not because... I mean, it's like this wild thing where the whites who burnt that place up get additional benefit at having their violence wipe out the reality that that's not what actually ended Black Wall Street. Because they rebuilt it, it was even more powerful, and then it was wiped out by federal policy in the 40s. That's what really wiped it out. Policy, not the rednecks. The violence is, I mean, I'm not saying, obviously that's horrible, but I'm saying what, what, what you can, they overcame that. But they couldn't overcome that policy, though. And at the end of the day, even those in power said, we can't keep sending our rednecks to do our work. The hillbillies can't do this right. <laughs> you know what I'm They don't like them either. That's why there's all these poor white folks out here in a white supremacist capitalist society. Even the white folks can't get over on this, in this system. And the, the elite were like, we can't keep sending our, 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 you know, these hillbillies to do our work, our cousins and our friends. So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to really wrap it up. And we're going to knock them out with public policy, and then we're going to come in with the psychic warfare, the psychological warfare of of inclusion and visibility and and taking knees and all that other kind of nonsense. And we'll go with that. And when that fails, when all of that fails, we got Jay-Z, we got Beyonce, we got Kanye, we got all these other folks, and then we got the black punditry class underneath them. Uh, these well-positioned news people and all these other, they'll, they'll come in and clean it all up. And then the folks like us, the, 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 we're, we're the, like, the, 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 the remnants and, that, and, you know, like, all right, well, we can just, you know, push them in the corner. And, you know. All right, well, look, man, appreciate it. As always, um, you know, looking forward to more engagement. Got to come back. Always, yeah. always, okay. always. I appreciate you. A, a big shout-out to you and LBS, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of your work. Keep it up. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yes.